Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comic, an actor, a writer, a director, a shower curtain fixer, and I love films. I agree with Nelson Mandela when he once said, yes, it is a long walk to freedom, but thankfully it's a much shorter walk to my local multiplex. I'm currently recording this episode up at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where I'm here to do my brand new stand-up show, What is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me? Please come see the show if you're coming up. You can buy tickets on edfringe.com. The show is about love, sex, porn and addiction, and whether there's a difference between the four of them, which obviously there isn't. Bring the kids. We'll have a right old time. Definitely don't bring the kids. In my podcast, what happens is, if you've never listened to it before, I invite a guest round to my house. I tell them they've died. And then we discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Upcoming guests include Ashling B, Nick Helm, Stephen Cree and Nathaniel Metcalf. But today's special guest is the brilliant Mr. Scroobius Pip. Now, I first met Scroobius Pip when we were both asked to do one of Richard Sandling's perfect movie gigs. If you've never seen one of those gigs, Richard Sandling is a brilliant comedian. He invites some acts round to do a gig where they end up acting out scenes from their favourite film. You can see a load of these on the internet. I recommend you check out his stuff. It's brilliant. Anyway, Scroobius Pip and I were on. We sort of watched each other from afar, took a shine to each other, awkwardly asked each other to, if we could like hang out. And then I had an idea for something, and then we met up. And then we made a series of short films called Corner Boys with the brilliant John Drever, which you can find on Vimeo. I recommend them. We're very proud of them. Anyway, me and Scroobius Pip have been working together on and off. According to my Wikipedia, all I am is a collaborator of Scroobius Pip. I don't know who did that, except I'm pretty much sure it was Scroobius Pip right there. The point is, without Scroobius Pip, this podcast probably wouldn't have happened. He's been incredibly helpful with this. He hooked me up with Buddy Peace, my amazing editor and producer, with Lisa Lydon, who took the brilliant photos, and with Adam Richardson, who does all the artwork. So the least I could do was invite him on the thing. So, couple of warnings. Yes, we swear sometimes. Grow up. Yes, we may touch lightly on some dark topics, and if that upsets you, 
you might want to skip those bits. There also might be some spoilers. I don't think there are, but there might be. So if we start talking about any films you haven't seen, you might want to skip forward those bits in case we ruin them for you. But don't just keep skipping through the episode or the whole thing's going to be like 40 seconds. Anyway, I'm very grateful that you're listening. I thoroughly hope you enjoy the show. And now, here is episode four of Films to be Buried with, with the brilliant Scroobius Pip. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. I am Brett Goldstein and I'm joined by a very special guest, one of the biggest podcasters in the world himself, a rapper, a poet, an artist, an actor, a merchandise salesman. (laughs) Yes. And according to my Wikipedia page, my collaborator. (laughs) Yes, indeed. It is Scroobius Pip. Hello, Brett. How are you? Thank you for coming on the show. No problem at all. I'm excited. Really appreciate you coming all this way. I always, always like to firm up my status as collaborator. Um, I, mean, I don't want that coming off your Wikipedia. So we've got to collaborate on something at least every two years. My Wikipedia literally says, Brett Goldstein, done something, and collaborator. And Scroobius Pip's collaborator, I think. Yeah. I think all I've done is collaborate. I love it. It was nothing to do with me. I've not, I've not made that happen. <laughs> that's, just, yeah. that's just the facts. It is, well, listen, Corner Boys, which if you've not seen, you should watch. We've made a series of films called yes, Corner Boys. we did. Is the highlight of my career, so fair enough that that's on my Wikipedia. I had l- lovely comments about it from every time I te- tend to meet a comedian that I'm excited to meet yeah. and I like, because you're a comedian and you know all of them, yeah. they've watched it, like, and they've always been like, I just, I really loved Corner Boys. Uh-huh. And I was like... <gasps> That's nice. I think you're great. You're saying <laughs> nice things about me. We must do a new one. I've yeah, we should bit. at some point. Yeah. I need to grow my beard a bit. Yeah. So, you like films, don't you? I blooming love them, bro. Yeah, you're big on films. I love them. I think they're great. It's one of the, the things that we probably first connected over, and one of the things we got into deep debates on was that both of us do end-of-year film lists, and those lists aren't purely look how clever and cool I am. That no. There will be some blockbusters in there. There might be some kids' films in there. Yeah. And I like that genuineness of, here's just the films I've enjoyed the most. I make a point of saying, mind of years, films, this is the films I enjoyed the most at the cinema. Yeah. So it's, it's really clear. I'm not saying that 
th- th- this film is artistically the best. In g- general, if it's artistically great, it'll be on there because I've enjoyed it. Yeah. But you'll get people furious about it every time because yeah. like, how can you have Let's be cops. Sing in there. <laughs> and I was like, because Sing was the most fun I had in the cinema last year. <laughs> it was wonderful. Sing's great. I loved it. Yeah. But that was, was one of the ones. I think it, uh, the year before, I was, was one of the few people who enjoyed a particular X-Men film and had people furious. Which and I was one? like, I can't think. It, it, it wasn't the one... The one that people didn't like was X-Men Apocalypse. I yeah, it, it wasn't that. It was the one before that. So people liked it. It was the one that had the slow motion scene that was um, amazing the first time Silver. you had Quicksilver in there and he's he's running around and doing all this stuff so it would have been days of future past yeah so it was that one I really enjoyed it and again it's mm. fairly well received but it was in there over some of the art f- 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 films I went to see because I enjoyed them but I had more fun yeah w- watching, watching that guy run around in slow motion with a Bob Dylan song on or whatever it was yeah that was a great bloody great scene great scene cracking fun so, you love films? Yes. Make films? Been in yeah, films. I do. I get to be in, in films now. Yeah. L- literally, as we were about to start this, I got a message from a, a director called Irwan, who's, I did a film with that's n- not out yet called Kill Ben Like. Yeah. And it's him, he's working on, 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 the, on the credit sequence, and he showed me my opening, <gasps> opening credit, which is hugely exciting for me, because so as you know, exciting. I'm new into films, but... I'm ridiculously excited about it, and the reason a few of my roles have grown is because of that excitement. Because most people in the industry, yeah, can be a little bit. Oh God, this call time is outrageous. Or oh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've not been. I've been. I've been. I've been uh, waiting for four hours, and they got me in at, at six. And I'm there like, there's a film being made. Yeah. How fun's this? And that. That's genuinely got me bigger bigger parts because I'm the one that's like, I don't care. You make me me wait as long as you want. I've worked in factories. Yeah. (laughs) This is fun. Uh, There is a a sort of cliche joke about actors, but it's completely true, which is... Completely true. That when actors actors are desperate for jobs and as soon as they get the job, the first thing they look up is when they're off day is, when the day off is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very strange. Completely. I did a big post when... Walk Like a Panther came out, yes. uh, which was my first film. And I did a big post just because it only hit me the week before how much it meant to me because it was on at my local cinema, yeah. which is where I've gone on awkward first dates. It's where I had to go outside to throw up because I'd eaten too many pot brownies before a Kevin Smith all-nighter. <laughs> it's where I, you know, I've, it's where I go on my own every birthday to watch a film in the morning because that's what I like to do on my birthday. And the fact that this film I was in, only mm. a small part, but the fact I was in it... I was on there, meant the world. And I got a message off one of the the more higher-up cast members to kind of thank me for it, because they were saying, when you've been in it a while, all you're looking at is, is, is how the reviews are, how the turnout is, yeah. what do people think and all that. And you forget that it's just cool to be part of this. And it was a film that got mixed reviews. Like, some people hated it. It's not a film for the critics as such. So, Did you go see it at your local cinema? No, I'd, I'd, oh. b- b- because I'd gone to the... The premiere. I was going to go and see it with um, Chris, who also has a podcast, and you've been Chris on his Lesson, podcast on Hardcore Listing. Um, but I just wasn't about. So it was, it was one of them. And I'm awkward of watching myself anyway. So it was one of them where the premiere was awkward enough and was made more comfortable and enjoyable because I had just the over, overwhelming pride of watching mates of mine on the screen. So Rob Parker, yeah, who yeah. is brand new to this as well, and he's got a bigger role in it. And it was just... The pride of watching everyone diluted 
the awkwardness I felt every time I came on screen. I was like, oh, I'd genuinely forget I was in it. And then I'd pop yeah. up and be like, uh, what the people, <laughs> is this? Uh. Premiers yeah. are quite difficult because you, you often arrive and you have to stand in front of the audience that are about to watch your film. Yeah. And you haven't necessarily seen the film. Yeah. So you sort of have to stand there and be like, hi, how's it going? And then you have to sit with them for the first time and it might and not find be, out if it's and good. Find out, yeah. Yeah, right completely. there. It's a weird Sweating. one, right? Sweating. Oh. So, 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 yeah, that was my first ever experience of that, and that was enough f- for now. So I didn't particularly have any desire to go immediately and see it at my local. And I always, a few of the people at my local cinema know that I'm Scroobius Pip. Yeah. N- not loads, but every now and then I'll get a tweet saying, I hope you enjoyed your film, mate. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed your ice cream, which is always nice, but it made me feel, feel more conscious of going. Yeah. And I like to go in the day when it's at its most quiet so my my dream you on your own my dream scenario is it's an empty screen yeah which is then darker if it's the film i'm in and they're all aware that i've gone to see it and no one else has come to see it so it's that weird paradox that my dream scenario would be that it's a a massive failure and no one is going to see it so yeah i just avoided that how did you find the premiere of walk like a panther that's your first film how was that watching it and I really enjoyed it. Again, it was a film that working on it was such a a family feel. It was genuinely, I made a lot of mates. I got to work with Gus Khan, who is amazing and we'd not met. And he's become a firm friend now. And and, and Neil Fitzmaurice, who's Ah, done some of the best things ever. And every scene I was with Gus and Neil. So I had really close friendships built there. Already knew and loved Stevie Graham and Rob Parker. Mm. And it was just... So many just lovely people. So the premiere was just it was nice to see everyone. Did um, you when you first like appeared on screen? Were you like, oh god? Yeah, really nice. because I was there with the girlfriend, and that's even more awkward and yeah. nerve wracking. And oh, is this going to be? It was nice. I felt a bit more relaxed because I was in the trailer unexpectedly. Yeah, and it was one of the bits in the trailer that was getting a good, re- the best reaction. It was, it was one of the funny bits because the trailer obviously has to tell the story and not give away all the gags. Yeah. So I was one of the gags and it went down well. So it was that kind of, all right, well, at least I know I've got at least Wonder. one amusing scene. And I'd forgotten how much I'm in it. Oh, great. Or didn't know how much I was in it because there was mm. so much improvised and being aware that generally improvisation all gets cut out. All of it. So there was tons of improvisation and, and me and, and Gaz Khan had to do a load of press on the lead up and when we met up, we were like, are we, are we even in this? Because we're doing a lot of press. Have they like CGI'd us into loads of extra scenes in the yeah. background? But yeah, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Right. And did your girlfriend like it? Yes. It was, it, it, it's a very northern film and she's very northern. So it's right. a perfect combination. It worked nicely. God, imagine if, if you went to a premiere with your girlfriend and at the end she said, I don't think we should be together anymore. Mate, that would be intense. Yeah. I wouldn't it? and imagine at that point you were like no I get it I agree yeah yeah no, I, was like, I can't <laughs> I completely it. understand um, no yeah it was it was a lovely night and um, Stevie Graham wasn't there because he was off shooting a film right. but unexpectedly so his son came out because his son plays him as a kid in the film ah. so his son came out dressed as a wrestler ah. and screamed and they'd had a video sent from Stevie and it's a film about wrestling and I sat next to us Stevie's a wife and his kids and all that and they hadn't seen this video so the excitement of his wife Hannah who's also in it was like what what's going on and then it was Stevie saying I hope you're enjoying it I just have to give you some bad news that I've left the British wrestling team uh, scene and I've tagged up in American wrestling with 
been my new tag team partner, and it was t- Tom Hanks. No so way. Tom Hanks is going, we're going to smash them, brothers. We're going to smash it. And, just, and it was oh, just, well. again, how exciting to start, start for that. Going, Look, great. that's the real Tom Hanks. Uh, so, yeah, that was all fun. Uh, where was it? Um, it was in Manchester, oh, which nice. was really good as well. Because they were like, well, it's a bloody northern film. Yeah. So why are we doing the premiere in London? So that, I, I liked that. I liked the that's feeling of going, cool. no, this is proper north. That's all really exciting. Um, but I'm, I am afraid that you've died. You died. Oh, mate. I'm so sorry. That's sad. How did you die? Um, suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. What? <laughs> was, was it? <laughs> oh, that's a shame. What happened? Um, well, I did it in a quite a fun way. Okay, it was a fun suicide. One of the um, rare fun ones. I got drunk. Yeah. And then I set up a load of different traps around my house and ways to kill me. And then I went to sleep. <laughs> So I woke up and didn't remember where ah. any of them were. So it'd be a genuine surprise. So you find the destination to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what it was, I woke up a bit groggy. And I was like, what's, what's, what's going on here? And I, mm-hmm. I could smell gas. Yeah. I like, oh. So I went and checked. I turned it all off. I was like, all right, I need to get, get, get out of the house. Or yeah. I'm going to die of inhalation yes. of, 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 of gas fumes. So I opened the door. Mm-hmm. I've only gone and sellotaped matches on the bottom of the door, hadn't I? And oh. a little sandpaper. Blew myself up. I mean, certainly the coolest death. Yeah, I knew myself though, didn't I? I knew yeah. I'd be sensible and go, I need to leave. Yeah. So what I'd done is turned off the gas. So I thought, I've stopped this. I've got out of it. Right. But um, you, as you know from, from, from Final Destination, yeah. you can't dodge death. No. It, it'll, it'll find you. So yeah. <sighs> Nightmare. So you blew yourself up. Yeah. Blew myself up. And the, the, the nice part of that is no one will know it was a suicide. Unless they listen to the podcast. Yeah. What? What? How old? Unlikely. <laughs> how old are you when you died? Um, I'm literally doing it next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so I'll... just before I turn 37. Okay. How do you feel about death? Generally, is it something that scares you? Something you look forward to? No, no. I genuinely, Not and I say this a lot, and it sounds dark and horrible. I find life f- far more scary than death. I don't have any beliefs of afterlife, so right. death is kind of. It doesn't seem that scary because it just it's you just one it's moment. Out. It's one moment. That's one not... lit match. And it yeah, was... yeah, completely. I'm oh. far more scared at the idea of like I'm thirty six, as I just said. Oh, I'm pretty knackered. Yeah, no, you've done it. The lot thought of bad. another thirty six years to me is unimaginable. I genuinely, it's something that if I start thinking about those kind of like all joking aside, if I start thinking about those kind of things, it keeps me awake at night because it just makes me like, oh man. I... So you don't have death anxiety, you have life anxiety. Yeah. You have, like, living long anxiety. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I do, it's that weird thing. I think we've got a weird obsession with living longer and longer mm. in society. And I, I, I don't know why. And not to sound like a hippie, I think it's more important to make the most of the time you're here rather than spend all the time you're here trying to extend it. Yeah. When you're not actually doing anything other than extending it. So I do, I'm into fitness and I try and eat healthier now. But that's to get more enjoyment of my time on Earth and to yeah. have a sexier body while I'm on Earth. Yeah, man. Not good. not caring about another. No, it's really <laughs> Not caring about another five years on the end of it. On the end of it, when you you might not be able to move and mm. you're sh- sh- shitting yourself and it's unpleasant. Yeah, I don't want another five years there. I think um, I agree with you, but I also think you might get to the shitting yourself stage and. You'll still want to live. And really enjoy it. Because people I, do, people do, don't they? Generally. Old people yeah. don't go like, oh, kill me. But some of them do. 
But again, I think, I think that's often due to a sense of you've not achieved all that you wanted to achieve and things like that. And not in a dick way. It's one of the things mm. that motivates me. It's why I, I work all the time and work so much so I can always feel, all right, I'd, I'd, I'd happily draw a line under it now. I've done some cool things. Mm. I've, I've had a book out. I've had a film on at my local cinema. Yeah. And things like that. It's those kind of, no, I'm, Do you think those old people that. shitting themselves are going, oh, fucking, I need to start a podcast? Yeah, probably. That's one of the main things. I've, I've got this this podcast that, that constantly changes people's lives. <laughs> people do say that to me and I always think, But you know, on so the, sorry. You've read the death, the deathbed yeah. thing that people on, you know, that nurse wrote about the five things she hears most on people's deathbeds is, I wish I'd worked less. Yeah, yeah. And I always think about yeah. you and me and think, would we say that? Or do you think we'd go, fuck, I didn't do enough work? Yeah, no, I'm not that good at... I'm, I don't find that much enjoyment. I'm not great at relaxing, let's say. Mm. I always remember I had... Um, uh, when I was touring a lot, a festival got cancelled and it gave me an unexpected a, a weekend off. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely felt em- embarrassed because I didn't know how to fill that time. I didn't have any TV series I was wanting to watch. It, no, it wasn't a weekend. It was a, a mid, mid, midweek one. So all my yeah. friends have got real jobs. I'm yeah. not someone that's got just all these friends who are just about... All the time. So, yeah, I had two days and it was horrible because yeah. I genuinely felt in- embarrassment because at that point it was, 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 was when I was doing music and it's constant touring and then mm. working on an album, then touring and then festival season and yeah. then touring. So I felt genuinely embarrassed. That I was like, I don't know how to relax anymore. There's yeah. no films out that I want to see. There's no TV. I hadn't prepared for this. If I'd known I was going to have a week off, I would have been recording a TV series. Yeah. I would have had it on Series Link. I'd have stuff... stuff Ready, but I kind of just was like, "Oh, you It's awful, isn't it? Are you looking I, at, 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 at the day that you're back to work? I but a, I think it's the key. I'm going to keep interrupting you because I'm please <laughs> season <laughs> podcast. Um, no, it, it, I think the key as well is it depends on what your work is. If if you've made your life so that you your work is stuff that you're proud of and excited about, then that's that's different. I think people who are saying, "I wish I'd worked less," are people who have worked in jobs yeah, that, that they hate, and we have a weird. Thing in society, like I keep giving the example. Um, Dan Lassac, my former m- music partner, mm-hmm. he makes a lot of his income from Twitch, right. which is people are watching him play computer games online. Extraordinary. And people's general reaction to that is like, and that's a job, is it? It's like, yeah. why do we have this perception that jobs should be something that you, d- you dislike and don't enjoy and dread? Yeah. If a job can be something that you enjoy, that should be a good thing. And my reaction was the same. At first, I was like, what, you play games and people pay to talk. That's how you make a living. And then I was like, I should Amazing. be clapping. I should be yeah. applauding because you've found a way to make your job something that you enjoy and excited about and passionate about. That's what jobs should be. But we do have a weird thing in, in society these days that is, if it's not making you miserable, <laughs> it's not really work, is it? Yeah. Well, it's the word work, isn't it? Work yeah. don't sound fun. No. And it, could do it could be could be so much fun it could be all it is you could start a podcast guys <laughs> okay so you died in a final destination-esque uh suicide in, in bracket accident yeah and there's no afterlife for you it's no just out yeah shame um let's imagine you're wrong right and there is okay and in this afterlife 
they're banging to films. Yeah, brilliant. And and, uh, and they sort of only are interested in people's lives through the medium of film. You see, that's an afterlife I can get into. Yeah, I think you'd like yeah, it. Yeah, I really honest. enjoy it. I'm glad you're going soon because yeah. you're going to love it. And the first thing I would ask is, what what is the first film you remember seeing ever? Um, the first film I remember seeing ever is The Black Cauldron. Oh my God, that's Disney a great film. one. And I adored it. And I adored yes. Gurgi, the character Gurgi. Gurgi. The little... Yeah, he's a little... I don't know what he is, but Fairy. he's amazing. I've got a little... I've got a little... On, on my phone, I'm, I'm bringing it up, up now. It's not It's not podcast gold. But um, I've got a little picture that is a quote from... It's It's a frame from the film. I like... I like posting online sometimes just quotes from films or or, or or a little screenshot from a film. And one of the ones I've got that I've not post, posted, it's actually a little gif. It's Gurgi with his back turned and it just says, Gurgi has no friends. Gurgi has no friends. And he's just sad. And Gurgi, he's really into his apple. He really mm, he likes an, an apple. apple a lot. And yeah. Black Cauldron was it. considered like the bad time at Disney and it was the last one before they sort of restarted and did Little Mermaid and all the yeah. hits ever since but I fucking loved Black it's why it's my, it's my favourite I think because it was the first time they stepped kind of a little bit outside of the Disney f- formula yeah. I guess which again I'm completely on board with I think Disney films again I think they're great they yeah. do exactly what they need to do but it is a weird one because I thought I'd imagined it at one point because it gets it doesn't yeah. get talked about at all and it was around the same time as Sword in the Stone, and I'd confused them a little bit. And yeah. it's, but no, yeah, I loved it. They also have a uh, forgotten film called The Black Hole. Yes, Disney's The Black Hole, which right. is dark as fuck. Yeah, which ends, if I may, with a spaceship going into a black hole. Wow! And they all basically die slowly. Yeah, that's, that's horrific, a, isn't it? A kids' film. It's not very Disney. No, but it's. I guess it teaches you don't don't go into black holes. Yeah, and that's something that we do need to learn. We do need to drive that into us. Well, in fairness, how many people have been in a black hole since the black hole came out? Yeah, true. It worked. True. What is the film that scared you the most? Now, this is not good for podcasting. Right. Because it's 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 Black Cauldron again. Because I remember just being genuinely scared at the time. Scared and sad because of the trouble that Gurgi gets in, the fear. It was weird because... (laughs) <laughs> have you seen it recently I'm obsessed with Gurgi no I haven't okay but I just remember that, that Gurgi was such a particularly as a kid he's the he's the, the fluffy one he was a character that you could r- relate to so much or I felt I could but he mm. wasn't the lead so I think you're meant to relate to the young boy but Gurgi is then the one that gets in really dangerous situation and it's really sad and really emotional and I remember yeah genuinely being scared and, and, and feeling really uncomfortable that one. But I'm not going to answer the Black Cauldron for all of okay, well, all of the questions. <laughs> People in the outlaw are going, fucking hell, just put the Black Cauldron on, mate. <laughs> put that back on again. <laughs> I mean, if the next one is, what is the film that made you cry the most? Don't tell me. It's when Gurgi got in trouble. Um, no, this is one that I had to toil over a lot because I cry a lot in films. I love it. It's one of the yeah. things I like about films. I like getting emotionally engaged. I also cry a lot during Undercover Boss, um, yeah, the TV show. Sense, yeah. I, I like these things, but I couldn't think of many films where I cry repeatedly and multiple times. Okay. So I went with one that I've watched 
multiple times and cried every time because I thought that's a good test because often yeah. you'll cry on the first one after that you're hardened to it and you're expecting Jaded. it and awkwardly it's Super Bob which is is, Mate, is your film um, and genuinely the bit where and spoilers the bit where Super Bob has just done his big awkward speech in his at his mum's home yeah. and then they're dancing and they start to float mm. every time. It tears me up, and, uh, and it's it's happy tears because it's a beautiful scene, and it's yeah. it's meant to be a an unapologetically nice and up, quite literally uplifting scene. Mm. And that's the one that every time I've I've watched that film five or six times, and every time that scene has had me going. That's good. <sighs> I'm glad there's enough to laugh, <laughs> and that you you get to go. But yeah, you can watch Black Hawk as much as you want, man. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be lovely. Thank you. But yeah, that was that was the one that got me. And there's a few points along it. And it's nice because it's it's. I genuinely I cry a lot more at happy scenes yeah. and at beauty than sadness. Sadness, I think I can detach myself and watch artistically a lot more in films. Um, although, if I was to give a a, a backup, mm-hmm. a side one, I, 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 no, no, Superbob's fine. <laughs> There's a few in my list that I've got that I'm torn between, but this okay. this has only just come to mind. But a, a recent one mm. that made me cry, um, and it was the the Florida Project. Oh my god! And it's because That's... the acting in it can't be acting. No. By about halfway through, you're like, "Well, this isn't acting. This yeah. is so improvised." So it then meant that when the little girl cries at the end, you're not watching a little girl pretend to cry in a film. You're watching a little girl cry, yeah. and that just hit me in a surprising way because of, I said it was the the whole film of the realism throughout mm. that then there I couldn't de- detach from it and go, oh, it's a film, it's art. It's like that poor yeah. girl. The Florida Project, I think, will hold up as one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, I'm standing by that. And and and, and again, film. it was exciting for me because I really in my films of the year previously was Tangerine yeah, and I loved that but there was one of them you're like well he found a couple of really good people in the yeah. leads and it's quite a natural it's, yeah. you're, you're really just relying on the cast that you've put together how much of it is actually the director and this and that and then the Florida Project did exactly the, the same essentially again if you watch that standalone you might go well he's lucked yeah. out there because he's found a mate it's like no he's done it twice now I've watched and all his films they're all Fantastic. They're all that good. He's yeah. fucking... Amazing. He's, he's magic. What is the film that is meant to be bad? Like, critically, people go, oh, that's a shit film, but you're like, I fucking love it. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Now, I, again, I came up with two here because, it's, again, it's one that I str- str- struggled with because, as I said, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. No. I don't believe in any of that kind of thing. I thought about going with Green Lantern. Okay. With Seth Rogen? Oh, is that no? That's no, Green Hornet. That's Green Hornet. You mean Ryan Reynolds? Green Atlanta is, is with Ryan Reynolds. But I thought about it and I thought, I didn't l- love it. I just didn't hate it. And everyone said it was the worst thing ever. And I went really because I go and see every superhero film. It's yeah. the only reason I've seen Super Bob. Thank you. Um, because I go and see all of them, I went ready for it to be awful. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was bad. But I I kind of I wrestled with that and thought I didn't l- l- love it. Right. So one that I've come up with is one that I have a theory that the poor quality of it was part of the marketing technique Go to on. get people to watch it. Don't say Super Bob. No. <laughs> it's, it's bright. 
which oh, was okay. the, the Will Smith one. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought okay. it was good. I liked everything about it. And my thought was, if you've got a film that's got some big stars in, that's a big, big budget film, and it's on a service that you've already paid for, then everyone saying initially it's the worst f- film ever, you're going to tune in. People go, right. I'll give that a look. Because you've already paid for it. It's, it's definitely yeah. if it's in the, in the cinema, although a Suicide Squad would say otherwise. But yeah. in general, it's definitely if it's in the cinema. But yeah, I genuinely just thought, everyone's saying it's awful. You're generally going to go, all right, well, I'll give that a look. That sounds terrible. And then you're going to have them all tweet and go on social media defending it, saying, it's right. not awful. It's good. And I had that ex- exact feeling. I, I wonder if I would have enjoyed it as much if I'd gone in with high expectations. So you think it's... I haven't watched it. You actually think it's good. You're yeah, not just like, I really it's enjoyed quite it. good. You're like, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I really great. enjoyed it. Again, it's not, it, it might not make it into my films of the year, but I genuinely enjoyed it. I love the idea mm. that yeah, it's, it's, cool it's essentially Lord of the Rings, but hundreds of years on in the future. Mm. That world has evolved and there is orcs. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought that they executed it well. I'm genuinely excited to see a follow-up. So, yeah, I've gone for Bright. Yeah, they are doing a sequel, aren't they? Yeah. And rightfully so, because it got a lot of views. And again, I I genuinely think that that's part of a marketing thing. But that's interesting, because I think they did an an amazing uh, trick with the Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Because I was caught up in that I was in America and the Super Bowl was on and in the middle of the Super Bowl there was suddenly this advert yeah. for the Cloverfield Paradox which we'd never heard of there'd been no um, amazing marketing. marketing right yeah and it was like it's going to be on after the Super Bowl and like holy shit the next Cloverfield it's going to be ready in an hour and I didn't yeah. read anything it was really exciting going into something yeah. with no reviews no trailers nothing and then I watched it and I was like holy shit this is a director DVD troubled yeah. disaster yeah and you've probably got millions and millions and millions and millions of people to watch it. That was absolute g- g- genius yeah. marketing. Amazing. And it's, again, it's how things should be done in a lot of ways. Because, mm. again, I, I... But also, it took me maybe half an hour to sort of go, oh, because I, my expectations were like, oh, well, this must be, you know, they've yeah. set it up in such a way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. This is a disaster. And I'm going to, well, yes, I'll watch it to the end, of course. I've come this far. I'm a little concerned with, I'm excited and concerned with yeah. Netflix, whoever works at Netflix, yeah. their obsession with sci-fi. Yes. Because I think it's meaning a lot of sci-fi that wouldn't have got made is being made. But I also think all sci-fi should be watched in the, in the cinema. It's a genre that it really adds to it. And there's you can argue there's others that aren't, but it's a genre that... Genuinely, it adds to it. If it's on a big screen, it's really loud and quite key. It's really dark because yeah. if it's grimy and moody sci-fi, you're not going to see it all on your TV screen. If there's sun coming in, if there's all these other influences, and that concerns me a bit because, it, and again, it's a paradox there because it's stuff that that maybe yeah. I wouldn't have got made. But equally, it's like uh, it's in the wrong place. I am very conflicted about the Netflix thing because. Yeah. I think all films should be at the cinema. Yeah. And I appreciate that they're making films. That's great. But I don't want to watch films on Netflix. Annihilation the was the one that annoyed me because they didn't give it a cinema release as I far as I know. I saw it in the cinema. Oh, did you? Because in America. But oh, we went, yeah, they had it in America in the cinema. And I couldn't here. believe it went straight to Netflix. And That's with, a fucking cinema film. And with Mute, I went and watched it in the cinema. Right. And that got loads of hate. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's good, is it? Um, 
I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's challenging, yeah. which is going to get a lot of mixed reviews. And it's rare in sci-fi to have stuff that's uncomfortable and challenging character-wise and mm. story-wise. But I enjoyed it, and I wondered how much of that was because I saw it in the cinema rather than at home, where I'm not really paying attention, and I'm well, ready to do a tweet about, about it halfway the, through. The, the act of going to the cinema and yeah. buying your popcorn and sitting in the dark and turning off your phone, and it, it's an event. Completely. And if it's all on Netflix, you just sort of flick through, oh, give it a go, I'm bored. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's the investment, isn't it? Yeah. It's the investment in it. And for me, like, I live in Essex, so yeah. that was... I had to do at least an hour each way to go and see that. So that was a real... Yeah. It had some meaning to it. And maybe that gives you a biased opinion, because you're, you're so invested in it not being rubbish. Yeah. Because you've travelled for an hour, you've got the one screening that's on in this place, and you're travelling all the way. So, but again, I think... I agree. I think there is a pageantry to all of that. that and it makes it less of an event. More. It doesn't feel like... Sometimes I've noticed, oh, there's a fucking... That film that... No, oh, it's on Netflix. It sort of feels like it's not a thing. It just yeah. kind of happened. I missed it. But I yeah. didn't miss it. It's just on there. But I don't know. There's no big like the... deal about it. And it's weird because, yeah, you get your own specific scenarios and pageantry. It's why I love my local cinema over... Yeah. I've discussed with you before. I'm not a fan of the Curzons. I'm a big fan of their programming. Yeah. But part of my pageantry for films is getting a hot dog and getting yeah, some Ben yeah. and Jerry's and getting a big Pepsi. And all like, this... Oh, the food is too posh. All this stupid stuff. I go there and I'm like, I feel I have to s- yeah. s- sit upright in the seats and and, 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 and react out loud. I go, mmm, mmm. <laughs> yeah. so I just want to get pretend loads of food and go, yeah. watch a film. So, yeah, it's my genuine... I, I have discomfort in them, even though I love their programming. I think they're, they're obviously the best. the best. My next question is kind of the opposite version, which yes. is what's a film that uh, you used to love, love it, and yeah. then you've seen it recently and you've gone, oh my God, I was so right. That film is, does not hold up. Yeah. So again, this is another one I had two. And the first one I'm going to tell you I eliminated because it okay. was the Garbage Pal Kids movie. <laughs> okay. And it came out, I imported it on DVD from America yeah. and me and my brother watched it. And it's awful. It's a really bad film. It's not good at all in any way. And I had that on my list. And then I thought, oh no, but it was, was, was never good. I'm yeah. sure I remember seeing it at the time and going, oh. Yeah. So that was a film that... Is it, I was are they excited all puppets about, in the film? They're are all they it's all really little people with masks on. I think they're puppets. No, no, I think there might be little, little people with masks on. Okay, but yeah, it, it was just bad. Mm. But it was always bad, so I, I eliminated that. Um, and I've gone for a film that you might not know called Just Ask for Diamond. I fucking just ask for diamond. <laughs> yes, and the thing is, it's got <laughs> a couple of great quippy lines that are really appealing to a kid at the time yeah yet when you actually watch it later on it is just a poor attempt at a agent cody banks yeah yeah he's a special agent right he's a a special agent yeah he's a he's a tech he's a detective that charges of a a flat rate plus expenses and my expenses are expensive which again just at the time i was like oh great and then he's being interviewed by the police at one point he's being cheeky they're like have some respect this is the chief inspector, and he goes, well, maybe you should go and inspect some chiefs then. <laughs> As a kid, I was like, yes, this is such good writing. As a grown-up, I'm like, it's not great writing, is it? Who was Diamond? What I can't remember. It was, a lot of them were all, all press gang lot, ah. so there was a lot of crossover from people who were in the press gang. Was it English like just asked for Diamond? Yeah. 
Because that was a trailer that was on all VHSs yeah. at a certain time. Yeah. Just ask for diamonds. Yeah. Maybe it was Dexter Fletcher. No. Uh, uh, Dexter ask, Fletcher was in it. Why don't we ask Chris and Stu? They'll, yeah, they'll know. To make something up. But yeah, it is one that... that it, the reality is, mm. the two quotes I've just just given is all you, you just you've heard them now. You don't really yeah. need to watch it. The, the, there's not a lot more depth than that. That's great. I remember rewatching it quite a while later and going, oh, this wasn't great. <laughs> Ma- maybe time. I'll revisit again and I would have re-refined my yeah. tastes. And because when I rewatched it, it was when I was in my period of everything I was watching was subtitled. And foreign language, and I was like, "Oh, it's just, oh, it's it just a wonderful. treat." Then, so maybe, so maybe I've, 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 I've softened now that I can enjoy. Can I just? Uh, there's a chainsaw massacre happening behind yeah. us. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to affect. I'm sure it'll be fine. Sound. We're direct enough. And if you hear a chainsaw going on in the background, don't worry about it. Yeah, and I apologise. That was 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 one of my other plans. Yeah, for my suicide. I had set it up, but we walked in the wrong door. <laughs> um, that's a great answer. Okay, what is the film that has the most meaning for you because of the context in which you saw it? So it could be like a first date you went on. Yeah. Because the film might itself not be important, but you have a good memory of it because of the experience of watching it. Yeah, this is the one I struggled over the most. Okay. Um, and I've you're got always two alone. Because I'm always alone. No, um, the, first, the original one I came up with was the, the, the first Batman film because oh. I saw it in a drive through cinema in America. Wow. Where you have to tune in the radio of your car yeah. to get the audio. Who um, with? With my family. I was there on holiday as as kids, me, my brother, and my mum and dad. Wow. And it was a drive through and it's all this. Where was that? I've never been to a drive through. Um, it, it would have been in, in Florida, I guess, but because we we went there for Disneyland. We just went over wow. for Disneyland and that. And it was really, it, it meant the world. And there aren't many of them left now. So it was, yeah. it was amazing. But I then thought of another one that I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into because it's the one that actually means the, the most to me. And so it was only a few years back, about four or five years ago, I was in a relationship and we'd been, I won't go into huge details, but we'd been through something horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it was hard for us to talk to each other. We'd got back from, you know, some horrible events and all the normal things that you'd, you know, I'm quite irreverent or jokey that yeah. you try and, Break the the ice with just working. I'm a big fan of of pizza and ice cream. Ordering food, it wasn't really doing it. It wasn't even charming. That kind of thing is stuff that if you're feeling down, it can cheer you up. Mm. And we were sitting there kind of staring at the TV and not watching anything and just eating. And I was like, everything I'd try and suggest, my heart wasn't in. Mm. You know, normally I'd be the one in any situation. I feel I'm quite... A resilient I'd be the one to go I'm positive let's let's yeah. bring this up but I didn't have that in me so if everything I was suggesting was half-hearted and we looked on Sky at what films were on and we slung on a, a what we do in the shadows right. and we cried with laughter ah. from beginning to end and it just meant the absolute world because it was a not to sound over dramatic it was at a time where it genuinely felt I'm never going to laugh again yeah, I'm never yeah. going to be happy again and it was just I didn't know anything about it the guy Paul Vickery, who, who who runs the Prince Charles Cinema, yes. where I used to do a film night, he said to me a few weeks before, he's like, we've just had this film, oh, what we do in the shadows, it's hilarious. And I was annoyed because there was a day I was in London and I had a choice between that or a blockbuster and I went with the blockbuster. Right. And he just said, it's great. So 
it was one of them ones that was on Sky Demand at the same time as it was in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Too much information. But because of that, I thought, oh, he said, he, said, he said that was good. We'll sling that on. And yeah, it just was just hilarious and beautiful, beautiful and brilliant. And it genuinely, it meant the world at that moment because it was, mm. yeah. And it generally, it brightened up the whole day. Obviously, it didn't solve any of the problems or issues, but... Do you it, think it, it moved us to get better from there? Yeah, it moved us along a lot quicker because there would have been wow. a longer kind of period of mourning as such kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah, I said it didn't solve all the problems. The relationship ended anyway at some point down yeah. the line. So it's not like it was this big. But at that time, man, I don't think another film it could, it could have done that. If I'd, I'd put on one of my favourite mm-hmm. Laugh Along films, it would have been I Know It All. It's not. It's not as funny. But you yeah. know what's interesting is James Acaster did this podcast and I think his answer to this was Boy, uh, which is by the same director. Yeah. Taika Waikiki. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Waik- Him. Taika. And uh, so that's two, two, two yeah. times he's touched people's lives and yeah. saved their lives. And Boy was, was, was great as, as well. I watched that after all of his other ones. Yeah. So for me, it was a slight l- l- letdown j- just because I think he is someone who's refined and yeah, honed yeah. his skills and people don't like to think of that and I think Thor Ragnarok is a genuine prime example of that it was brilliant people generally think oh all their small indie stuff's the best and then they have to sell out to go mainstream it's like he's someone I feel that's just got better and better at it and Thor Thor Ragnarok was the epitome of that that he got to make a a tiki film film. and it happened to be this big blockbuster superheroes and that so yeah can I go back to the drive-thru please because yes. I've never been to one and I've always been curious about it and I used to like always think oh one of the things I want to do before I die is go to a drive-thru yeah. and I've thought about it recently I thought do I really want to sit in a car with like smelly like aren't other cars in the way and stuff? Like, it seems actually like no, a really practical way the screens are high enough yeah. so you can all you're all looking and you're looking through your own windscreen through your own windscreen but at the top I think we had a top down option oh, great. so we we might have had a top down. I'd recommend that for drive throughs if you can. And is the sound you know, shit? No, the sound, the sound. I said the sound is on your radio. Oh right. So uh, the one that, that we went to turn away, it said tune into a, a one hundred four point two, and right. you, you tune your radio in. So you've got it in your car. You can listen um, to magic. And yeah, you could put something else on. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and that was again. It, it, it was exciting at the time because it was like particularly then it was pre-internet and pre all these things. Yeah. So America was this. The world was a lot smaller as such, or a lot further away. So America was this, oh, can't yeah. believe I'm here. What was the film again? It's Batman. Oh, and it was at the really time insane. that Kiss from a Rose was on the radio everywhere where we were driving. So, oh, so I, it was Batman Forever you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. Was, okay. that, in, oh, was that the one that yeah. Kiss from a, a, a Rose was in? You see, I've forgotten there. Yeah. But, Batman but yeah. Forever, the one Val Kilmer, yes. Val Kilmer and Jim Carrey. Oh, was it? Tommy is Jim that Davis. what Kiss from a Rose is in? Yeah. You see, I've remembered that poorly, but in that case, yeah, so not as good a film, but still, that so moment, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, that's nice. I went to see the first Batman at the cinema when it was 12, and mm. I was nine, maybe? Nice. And my mum and dad took me and, and put me in a suit. We had a whole thing yes. that my mum said, this is how you'll look 12, put me in a suit and said, here's what a cool 12-year-old would do, <laughs> put one hand in your pocket, always have one hand in your pocket, and just stroll. Yeah. And that's how I got into it. I worked. love that your yeah. your parents were trolling you at such an early age. <laughs> there you go. This will yeah. look good. No, just, just, just keep a straight face. Just still take this will look good. And if you're going, just pop your hand in your pocket. <laughs> Maybe if you've got any 
chewing yeah. gum to blow blow Have bubbles got, with. Uh, him would giving me like candy cigarettes. Can I just pretend to? Yeah, he take this. He take this yo yo and casually, <laughs> casually yo yo. When I got to twelve, I thought, how often do I have? One hand in my pocket. And then I thought, Alanis Morissette had a song about mm. being 12. You see, it's, it's, it's weird you mention this because another one that came to my mind mm. in this situation was The Matrix 2. Really? And the reason it was memorable, and yeah. again, because you were saying that it's the situation rather than the film, mm. was because I got a, a cinema blowjob during it, right? Go but on. This gets better. I was annoyed about it. Of course you would be. You were watching them fucking... Number one, I watched film. But number two, I knew that the only reason it had happened was because she was a big them. Alanis Morissette fan and Alanis had that line that said, would she go down on you in a theatre? Yeah. And I was like, you're only doing this to prove a point in the song. Just which now, clear. I'd be like, cracking. Whichever song, go ahead, enjoy yourself. Um, but yeah. Just to be clear, you had gone to the cinema with this person. Yes, yes, it was okay. someone I was, was someone I was seeing yeah. at the time and all that. But um, I, yeah, I just remember it, it was hilarious to look back at what a precious, poetic, l- l- love-driven dr- teen I was, but that I was annoyed mm. that the right meaning wasn't behind this. Oh, it wasn't this, that this she was interrupting job. the film. No, no, it was that it was for the wrong reasons. Because of Alanis. Yeah, it was just to, like, f- I f- to fulfill a line in a song. I want to be like that. Right. Which is just... terrible. I've never questioned any blowjobs since the motive behind them. Why did that one? I've welcomed them with open arms. But would you welcome them again in a cinema during a film you're enjoying? I mean, how rude. Oh, oh what film are we watching? Well, I mean, because my question is... <laughs> what, how made it we? At what moment... What, <laughs> what moment in the Matrix? Have you Growing your beard back for uh, for, for corner boys, are you clean shaven? What what point in the Matrix did she start going? Well, like what are you what are you watching? It was early on. It was early on, so it wasn't like lots of the Matrix hasn't got an erotic any any er, er, erotic scenes. But yeah, so you've had a blowjob in the cinema since. No, I haven't. No, I haven't had one since. But I'd welcome. (laughs) Was it busy? (laughs) Just just putting that out there. Just put that out there. No, it's quite quiet. It's quite quiet. Um, it was no quite enough for it to be acceptable that we wouldn't get caught. And it was, was nerves as well, I think, was playing into yeah. my discomfort. The awareness that it was purely because of a song. Um, mm. So it could, it could have been anyone. Did you finish? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a great film. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the... the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, both. And then just crack on, have any popcorn. Crack on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you talk about it afterwards or were you like... That was a great film. I probably, oh, yeah, I probably expressed annoyance. I probably right. was a bit quiet and a bit gr- gr- grumpy. Not the reaction someone would expect no. from such a beautiful gift. Yeah. That ended as well. That went funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And you didn't, like, then pop down on your knees and go down there in their seat? No, I'm not Sexist that into a <laughs> The, the joke is, I genuinely am. I think she's she's, amazing, she's wonderful. Yeah. And I remember one of the most exciting points of my career was she posted a video to one of our songs on her website. No. A, a letter from God to man. Because she, she's a religious and that, isn't she? Because she's a religious and that. And I remember remember that time when there was a rumour that when we did a gig in Canada that, that she, or she'd asked to be on the guest... Our manager had, had her asked to be on the guest list. And in my mind, I sp- spotted her at the back of the room. I totally didn't. So I think she was here. I think she came. Did she come? I think <laughs> she, she came. Probably yeah. going down or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw the back of her head. Um, <laughs> uh, every time she's in a theatre, <laughs> uh, she's really not a fan of culture. 
Well, I guess that brings us to, I guess the answer to this question is Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> but the question is, what is the film you found sexiest? Right. This is my genuine answer. And I like to think about this a lot because, mm. again, please, please I find it, super well. a lot of detachment from, from sexiness in films. So it's not like I often watch them and think, ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's awkward if your parents are watching them with you. But yeah, genuinely, the film I have found sexiest was... No, it's not super popular. Um, <laughs> was Magic Mike XXL. Okay. Genuinely, yeah, right? Okay. The bit where... It's, it, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the first one. Cause have you seen any of them? I've not seen either Magic Mike. Because the first one, genuinely, it's going to surprise you. I think it's... the. Te- Saturday Night Fever of its time. Great. In that, that people think it's just, oh, it's this sex film. The first one is kind of heartbreaking and it is about drug addiction and being poor mm-hmm. and having to do things you don't want to do. All within this, there's some sexiness, but mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think it's got that. The, the second one is a bit more just, look at these sexy boys. They are very sexy. Um, there's a point in it where Ch- Childish Gambino is working in the strip club mm-hmm. and you might think, not what I think as a sexy body. He's, mm. he's got arms that that look as if they're barely um, a lifted a pint rather than a a, a weight. Um, yeah. But he just without a top on does some poetry, and that's his lap dance of sort a mental right. lap dance. But the genuinely again, I'm not ashamed of this. There's a bit. Oh man, it's awkward that you're on a chair at the moment. Um, there's there's a bit where. You don't have to act it out. He's, no, again, it's the temptation. There's a bit where Channing is giving a woman a dance yeah. and he gets the chair. He gets a chair there. Mm. So he picks her up and puts her upside down facing him. So his head is between a, a, a standing a 69. Standing 69. A standing a, a 69. And he's dancing. Everyone's like, whoa. And then he goes to the chair mm. and with one hand, he puts a hand on the chair and basically does a handstand that makes her then be seated, right. him handstand on the chair in front of her and starts g- g- gyrating. Into her face. Into her face. And yeah. genuinely, as just a feat of athle- athleticism and all of it, I genuinely thought it was amazing. I loved it. I genuinely I wanted to be able to do that. I yeah. wanted to be Channing Tatum. Um, wanted to be the, the woman. Eva. Eva or I, I mean, thought about it thinking about it. Yeah, it, it, it genuinely, I watched it in a hotel room with a takeaway pizza hut mm. whilst I was filming a TV show called The Bastard Executioner in Wales. And I'd put it on like, I watched the first one, but it'd become an ongoing joke with a mate of mine and, 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 and Natasha who loves a Channing Tatum and all the girls all watch it for that reason. But I genuinely thought, I said, it was, yeah. I, I genuinely enjoyed it. I put it on for a joke. And I, yeah, I watched it in a hotel room and was like, mate, that... <laughs> I have done all over this pizza. <laughs> this pizza is ruined. <laughs> Unfinishable. Yeah. Did, um, now, uh, you can cut this if you want, but I know, I think you've said this on a podcast, but you've once danced with Channing I have since danced with Channing Was it, Channing so it was Tatum. after seeing that? After seeing that, oh yeah. God, you must and, stayed. as you will also know, I'm not a big drinker. So, I was at this not party. unless there's a microphone on you. Unless there's a microphone, yeah. yeah. Generally, it's all, all work-based. Yeah. If there's, if I'm at the club night or we're doing a drunk cast, I'll yeah. drink. Other than that, I don't drink. So I was at this party not drinking, and I didn't know that that, that Channing and, at the time, his beautiful a, a wife were going to be there. 
And I'm not a dancer without a drink. Mm. So when they arrived and everyone starts dancing, they're having a dance, and me and Rob Parker's a, a wife were like, we want to go and dance over near them so we can, can, can be their cool mates. I, I literally drank three or four drinks in about 10 minutes, just down in drinks to get yeah. drunk enough to be comfortable because I'm not a very comfortable person. Yeah. And then just, yeah, I had a bit of a dance to, to California you know. Love and other things like I did, like that. Did he make eye contact with you? Yeah, we did have a little bit of a... And me, him, his wife, Rob Parker's yeah. wife, all of us were kind of... It was it was a very small gathering, so it's not like it was right. in some big club. It was a maximum of 100 people all there for this. God, imagine if they'd like... You know when a circle forms? Yeah. And suddenly everyone has to do like a dance. Imagine yeah. that, but you're doing that with Channing Tatum. You and then he, follow him. he picks me he up picks and up does the thing in the chair. In Mate, I imagine... <laughs> <laughs> the best thing, and I, I, I don't know if I've told this, but me and Rob Parker, who I love, who I've mentioned a lot on this podcast for I'm some reason, like he he said to me, right, are we going to do a thing? I'll copy you. So you do any dance moves and I've got to copy you. And then I'll do dance moves and you've got to copy me. And I did my dance moves and he copied me. Mm-hmm. It was fun. And then just as he started doing his... He dropped his full pint of beer at the feet of Channing Tatum and his missus. Channing then started to clean it up himself because he didn't uh, want to slip and injure himself because him and his missus are both professional dancers and all this coming. And literally there was embarrassment and amazement. And literally as soon just as it was cleared up, I just went to Rob, I guess you'd best get me a beer then. Because <laughs> I've got a coffee that now. I've now got a drop of full pint. At Channing's, I didn't obviously, yeah. but I was like, "Mate, you really you pushed yeah. the boat out there on the coffee and thing." <laughs> Copy this. Wow. Is were you attracted to him in real life, not Rob um, Channing? I was attracted, and it's sad because I don't know them. It, it yeah. genuinely made it sad to hear of of, mm. of him and his wife parting ways. And they did an announcement, and it seemed yeah. amicable and lovely. But they seemed. I looked at both of them and thought, "What an amazing pair of people, and an amazing a couple." As, as I've mentioned, I'm quite uncomfortable, even with a partner or whatever else on a night out. They were just having the most fun. Uh, they were being silly. They had no airs and graces. They had no, I want to try and look cool. Yeah. They were both really good dancers. They were both really sexy. They were both had really good sense of humor. And I kind of saw that and thought, what are they, that's the best couple I've ever seen in my life. Because they were just completely comfortable with each other yeah. and within the room. That's lovely. But yeah, it's sad that they're not together anymore. Yeah, but they said it was. They were. It was. It was a lovely night, and I hope I've not crossed any um, boundaries of confidence in the things I have said. I think it's okay because you've only said lovely things. Yeah, yeah, and again, it was. Yeah, there was nothing bad to be said. It was a lovely evening. What is the film that you most related to? What's a film where you go, "That's me." That is. It might be the character. It might be the vibe. Right. It might be the whole film. Now, we joke a lot. Yeah. privately about mm-hmm. me being um a cold calculated sociopath sure but... it's a little joke that we have okay partly <laughs> but i genuinely thought about this and the film i remember relating to the most the was terminator <laughs> no it was gross point blank okay um and i love i love kusak in, ge- in g- general yeah. but gr- gross point blank yeah, I just adored. And in that, he is, he's walked away from everyone. He keeps himself to himself. He's mm. become a killer. He's perfectly comfortable with it. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it as a character. I love it as a film. I loved all the music in it, the vibe of all of it. He falls in, in love in the end. So there is this happy ending. There's, there's hope for you. There's, <laughs> there's hope. But yeah, 
a so really you watch that and go, that's me, I really feel like that. I really felt I connected to it as a character, yeah. yeah. Not not that I want to kill people, but I can see why some people need to die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, there was just, I don't know, it's the first I, I, I one that came to mind when I thought of this. I thought of saying anything, but I felt that was too complimentary to me. Yeah, to say yeah, I watched yeah. that and related. Because, and I did, it is something I watch and you do... I do kind of think I want to. I, I I love Lloyd Dobler as a character. That's something to to live up to. Mm. That's someone to try and emulate. But it felt too much of an arrogant one to go. I see a lot of myself in him because he is the, the, the ultimate nice guy. He's lovely. He's into kickboxing. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was was that as well. But yeah, that's a great answer. And you can have say anything as well if you want. I'll have them both in there then. Just okay. just just eighties Cusack, Cusack. When yeah. Okay, so. What is the film that you think objectively... A lot of people struggle with this question and people, some people argue with me about it because I guess it's the opposite of the guilty pleasure type thing. Yeah. But what do you think is the greatest film of all time? And the reason I separate this from your favourite yeah. is that, you know, I think, say, Vertigo is one of the greatest films of all time. I'm yeah. not going to watch it every day. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucking amazing and technically perfect, etc., etc. But I rather watch School of the Rock every day. Yep, yep, I get you. So yep. what do you think is the greatest film of all time? I did struggle with this a lot for the ex- exact reasons mm. you've said. And the film I've gone for is the film that is my favourite okay, as well. Great. But I think it holds up. I think it's remained my favourite over other arty films, over other bl- bl- blockbuster films, because it is both. And it's, it's, it's Harvey. Um, yes. I think it's a beautiful film. I used to watch it. When I was working in retail and at points struggling with with what I wanted to do in life, where I was going, I'd watch it once a week at points because it would always put me in a positive mood, make me feel positive about everything, mm-hmm. make me feel positive about being a positive person. Because, again, it's easy, particularly when you're a teen or whatever else, all of my comedy influences and stuff like that and think, oh, really negative and moody yeah. and being snarky and all. And a lot of my favourite characters in films are nasty and it's easy to think that that's that. It's a good way to be, kind of yeah. f- fuck everyone. And Elwood P. Dowd in Harvey was just beautiful, just the most beautiful character. I love the way the story plays out. There is this kind of twists and turns. Mm. Is he mental? Is there a, is there a, 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 a seven-foot... Invisible Rabbit, really talking to him, mm. and yeah, that's an excellent answer. Adored it, and it, it genuinely it, there's there's parts. I did a song on my first album called "A oh, Waiting for the Beat to Kick In," and it's me a, a walking along in a dream, a me, meeting characters from films, and I never say uh, uh, which films they're from there's been some 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 mystery over it in the past but the reason that i did that song is because it's meeting all the characters in films that have genuinely formed me as a person Mm. and changed my outlook and one of them i meet is lloyd dobler um because again he's got a brilliant outlook and one of them i meet is elwood p dowd from from harvey and watching that and hearing him say um my mum used to say to me in this world elwood you can be oh so smart or oh so pleasant for years i was smart i recommend pleasant just blew me away and it generally changed my outlook and and that's what that song was about it sounds like it's just a hey look at this Mm. these references to cool films you might not have heard of but film 
can influence you and can change change your life. And it's why I get annoyed at the kind of the term of idiot box because I think there's a reverence and 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 wonder put on novels and what you can learn from fictional characters in novels. And I think you can get that from the right films and from the right TV shows. And I think it deserves more reverence and and praise in that way. Because yeah, as a kid, I wasn't a big reader, but I watched a lot of films, and they yeah. they built they built me a lot as a character. That's beautiful. Oh, there you go, no, Harvey. You're not a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just play one well. Um, <laughs> so would that also count as your film that you could watch over and over again? I didn't want to just keep going to that because. It's my favourite film, but again, so the film I could watch over and over again, and it's one of the films... I, I had a film night um, at the Prince Charles Cinema for a while. I stopped yeah. it, but I might come back to it. And it was generally, except for when we screened Superbob, it was <laughs> generally films I'd fallen in love with on DVD and never seen on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, as we've touched upon a lot, the cinema is a different experience. Yeah. You're not looking at your phone. For the record, You're not the looking night we did Superbob at yours yeah. was, I think, the most brilliant screening we had of Superbob. Again, it was just, I'd get these great crowds and we'd do these yeah. Q&As afterwards, even if we had, had no one involved in the film, because yeah. we'd just talk about the film. Because of spoilers, you can't talk about anything online anymore. Yeah. We'd go, you, you, you're, you're, you're in a room full of people who've just seen it. Yeah. And let's have a chat about it. And we did that there, and I, I showed a load of stuff. I showed Leon, which was amazing to watch on the yeah. big screen. I showed Time Primes, was the first one we did, which oh. I found out years later was the UK premiere no way. of Time Crimes because it had never got a it cinematic never, release cinema. over here. Wow. And it's why um, Nacho Vigaldo, yeah. um, he did a, a, a video to introduce it and all that. And we wow. had loads of good stuff. We showed uh, Dancer in the Dark. And seeing that on the big screen was amazing, irreversible. But the one, there was one that I was like, is this going to hold up? Because it's one that I watched constantly Mm -hmm. as a stoner teen. So that's a key element. Right. Turns out Cheech and Chong films aren't good. Yeah. It's it's the drugs. Um, It turns out, yeah, there's a, I could go with a lot of different music there and a lot of other stuff. It's like, it's because you were really high. And this is one from that. And, I screened it there and loads of people hadn't seen it and they all adored it and the Q&A. It's the first time I did a presentation at the start and I had a, um, or was it the end? I had slides and I had a whole thing and it was dazed and confused. Ah, great. And that's the film I could watch over and over again and I have watched over and over again. Lovely. And the presentation I did at the end was all about, because at that point there was great shock that, 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 that Matthew McConaughey of of mm. terrible uh, romantic comedies yeah. was now an Oscar-winning actor and amazing. And the point I made was dazed and confused. Because yeah. number one, he's great in it. But number two, Ben Affleck's in it. Yeah. And he's it. went on to do loads of bad r- romantic comedies to pay the bills and then won Oscars and done these yeah. amazing performances. It's like, that's why I knew he was capable. Because Wooderson is possibly, my other than Elwood P. Dowd, he might be my favourite character in a film ever, he's just cool as anything. But yeah, so Days and Confused is the choice there. Great answer. Love it. Got two two bonus questions. I don't like yes. being negative, nor do you. No. But if we're allowed just one little detour, what did you think? What's the worst film you've ever seen? The film you're like, this is the fucking worst film I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and again, I have to think a lot about this um, because you like films? I'm not a big hater of films. No. Um, and I always think that just, I hate when people say, that was shit. 
Yeah. And it's like, well, no, it just wasn't to your taste. You you didn't enjoy it. That's fine. Um, But the one that came to mind was the recent reboot of The Mummy. You fucking hell. Um, And it really disappointed me because I could see all of the ways it could have been great. Mm. Because I really like Tom Cruise. I think he's he's cracking. I thought a Sofia Batella was amazing in it still. Mm. So not even just it could have been great. I thought she was great. That character was great. Yeah. I thought style-wise it looked amazing in a, in the way that a Suicide Squad, appalling but Harley Quinn looked yeah. fantastic. Amazingly designed. Everything was perfect there. And it was the same with that. I, I loved the idea of them bringing in the wider universal horror universe and having Jekyll and Hyde and all these other type things coming yeah. in. So there was so much in there that I was like, this all could have worked, but I don't think they, they, they executed any of it. I think Tom Cruise, I watched The Mummy and I found it fascinating because Tom Cruise, whatever you may think of him, I know you like him, I like him very much. Yeah. He's a producer and he makes good films. Even yeah. if you hate him, every film he's done is good. Yeah. Like it's a sign of quality. Tom Cruise is in it, this is going to be a good film. He I knows agree. how to put a film together. Again, I don't like him, I don't like the yeah. idea of him as, no. a, as a human, as anything else. It seems weird, I don't like the Scientology stuff, yeah. but... He makes He's great films. at what he does. And then I saw the mummy and I was like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. It looks like it was reshot. Every scene looks like a new... I know You know when a film is in trouble when the beginning has three different opening voiceovers yeah. to explain yeah. what it is about to the extent that, that after the third voiceover I was like, what is the fuck is this about? Yeah, yeah. What's going it's on? Poor, wasn't it? And it again, what? all the elements are great. As I said, yeah, I, I, I rate Johnson. Sophia Abadella hugely. I love the director. Yeah. Um, what's his name? David. Alex Kurtzman. No, it was. No, David, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, it is Alex Alex yeah. Kurtzman. I was thinking the, of the other film that she was in after that. But yeah, again, I think everything about it could have been great and should have been great. Yeah. It's 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 a prime example where I can completely see that everyone found out that was a bad film at the premiere. Yeah. Oh, God, you know what I mean? yeah. Because I can see so much of that that when you're, you're filming it even, yeah. this probably felt like this is amazing because it looked great and it yeah. felt like it could be great. But then, as you said, there's loads of, of, so of, of, voiceover. of, of voiceover and stuff like that which you wouldn't have known about. So, yeah, yeah it feels like a heartbreaking one in that way because so Jake, much of it felt like it should be great. Jake Johnson's character sort of dies and comes back to life about three different times. Yeah. He's, like a com- he's a comedy character, then he's a bad guy, then he's a comedy character. Like, yeah. the fuck is going on? Yeah, it was a mess. Don't make no sense. Yeah, and again, it's, it was it was with great sadness that that yeah. was the case. What's the funniest film? Again, I had to think hard about this because hmm. there's a lot of, of of really funny films. I remember watching Anchorman on DVD, mm. and the reason it was so next level funny was my mate Stu was stoned, <laughs> and he was just in tears of laughter throughout, and it. It does okay. elevate things. Yeah. Uh, watching someone on, on a screen cry m- makes you cry more. Hearing people laugh on a podcast makes you laugh along more and so yeah. on and so forth. And that was a prime example of that. But this is a weird one. I thought of the time I've, I've laughed the most in a, a cinema and I was in America. Yeah. And I went with a girl I was seeing at the time and, and a, a, a mate of mine and we went to see Ted. It wasn't mid blowjob, was it? No, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, I, I, I went to see Ted, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life in that moment. Ted is funny. Afterwards, I was like, I've, I've rewatched. I thought there's good bits. There's, there's. Mm. I can see the weaknesses now and all this. But at the time, that was 
just script writing, everything. It was just the funniest thing. And it was one of them weird ones because that was still just at the point where, and you don't have it often anymore, that something had come out in America before in the yeah, UK. Yeah. So it, was like, it had that excitement of, oh, I'm seeing it before everyone else. It was out a week later or whatever in the UK. And it was just, I was like, I knew I was going back at the end of that week. I was like, first thing I'm doing next week is going yeah. to see Ted again. And yeah. Me, it was hilarious. Me and John hilarious. went to Utah for Super Bob for yeah. a weekend and we had a morning off or something and we went to see the first day of Ted 2 before yeah. review, before anything. We fucking laughed. I thought it was brilliant. And then all the reviews came out and said it was shit and I was like, you don't understand how hard it is to yeah. be funny yeah. on screen. And I love... And the amount of jokes per second in Ted 2 is like... Constant. Fuck you, that's some funny Both of shit. them as well. And I love... I, I, I love... Wahlberg yeah. and I, I love Mila Kunis I think they're both yeah. brilliant at Wahlberg in particular at, at switching from mm. genuine drama and things like The Fighter and being genuinely engaged and amazing and just comedy in this in The Other Guys in all sorts of mm. other stuff like that I think they're great and yeah I love the writing of Seth MacFarlane yeah. I don't often enjoy it when I'm seeing it come out of his mouth <laughs> so making this Ted character yeah. it was perfect. And I don't know why. It's when like I've seen him do sh- shows or award things and he sings and the songs are amazing but something about him yeah. feels too stage school for me yeah. and it just it just ru- ruins it a little bit. And it's not his fault at all. It's my own hang-ups on yeah. stage school, on posh people, on whatever else that I have. Agreed. But something about it I just can't get quite through with it actually coming out of him yeah. but coming out of a Teddy. CGI Teddy. Brilliant. And to fucking have improvised comedy with a CGI Teddy. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. It's amazing. I loved it. <laughs> so, you've answered all the questions. Your favourite <laughs> film is Harvey. Yes. Now, here's the thing. When you blew yourself up... Yes. Uh, ...by accident on purpose... Yes. Um, ...we collected all your ashes mm-hmm. and we put them into a coffin, but it turned out you're... And I mean, you know, I mean this with love. You're very tall. You're a big... Yeah. You're a big, you're a big cunt. Yeah. And a uh, big old unit. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Uh, big, big. Yeah. Big old bus. Powerful, you might say. Might be a description. In whatever you like. Yeah. But big. And when we collected all your ashes and put yeah. them in the coffin, it filled nearly the whole coffin. So all the yeah. films we talked about, unfortunately, there's not room for them all. There's only right. room for one DVD oh, to take to the other side, which you weren't even looking forward to because you thought there yeah. wasn't one. But there is, and they love films. Yeah. We can only take one with you, so what, what's it going to be? Have you seen One Night in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> that's the one... Well, yeah, that's, in a coffee, yeah. that's the one porn DVD I've ever borrowed. Is that it? Someone at work lent it to me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not taking that. That's How just more information. It's all right. Yeah. It's a good watch. Is it, is it long, the whole thing? I think I've just seen a picture of it. I How many I've... sittings did it? <laughs> <laughs> I got... Five in, I think, but no, yeah, no, 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 yeah it's you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pick that, but it is weird yeah. that I ever, there was ever a time where you would borrow mm. porn DVD, like the internet now exists, yeah. it's amazing, but um, I'm going to go for Harvey because I said it's the film that is my favourite, mm. and artistically, I can say I, I love that the most. I think yeah. it's, I think it's great. So yeah, I'll go with Harvey. I think. Screw his pip. You've been excellent. No less Thank than you. excellent. Thank you, mate. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug before I send you to heaven? No, 
Not really, because now I'm dead, I don't have to do all yeah. this shit anymore. No. So now I'm good. It's I'm going to hold off releasing this podcast until next week when you're dead, because I think it will get a lot more yeah. listeners. Yeah, completely. And I'll do like an intro where I go like, oh, it's sad, where is he? He was so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> he was so big. Uh, well done. Thank you for coming over. Thank and you. I, um, I'm sorry that you're dead, but you are going to have a lovely time in heaven, surprisingly. It sounds like it. And uh, I'm going to let you go there. Uh, thanks for being in films to be buried with and I hope that I see you on the other side if I make it there god this is taking ages okay. isn't Bye-bye. it I wish I was dead <laughs> bye didn't you do well lovely stuff great that answer fun, so that was episode 4 of films to be buried with I really appreciate you listening I really do now a couple of admin things basically if you can when you when you go on itunes and you find this if you could give it a five star rating basically if you give it five stars if you love it give it five stars and it helps more and more people hear it if you hate it give it five stars because then more and more people will hear it and that includes people that you don't like so you're basically forcing them to listen to something shit so either way it's a win-win um please come to my edinburgh show what is love, baby, don't hurt me. You can get tickets on edfringe.com. Uh, it's a show I've worked on for two years. It's about love and sex and the meaning of it all. And I think you'll have a great old time. Uh, I'll be in Edinburgh for the month. The next episode is a very special one. It's with BT Edmondson. And it's really funny and really deep and very honest. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and like and live your best lives and just remember, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.